What's up, world? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report. Your boys are back. I, of course, am always one of your hosts, Triple D, and with me, as always, is this is your boy Carlos D. What's good, world? We we're back. I t- we we told y'all December was not going to be that far away. Because damn it, if it didn't sneak up on us. How you holding up, partner? I am doing well. Honestly, don't even remember when um the last episode. When did the last episode air? Was it like October? Was it before Thanksgiving? I mean, Thanksgiving. It definitely, yeah, yeah. I want to say it was definitely be- right before Thank. Uh, no, wow, almost, you got me saying it. right before Halloween. Um, I want to say it was definitely in October. It feels like it was in October because it was it was about a month and some change ago. It maybe two months at most. I don't know. It's been one long 2020 from March yeah. until now has just been one long drawn out day. It's right. all seemed like just one long ass day. So right, whatever time it's it was, that's big, what it was. One big crazy daydream that seems to be never ending, but also speeding up, but also slowing down. Mm-hmm. You know, we we coming to the end of it, the calendar year. Who, God knows what twenty twenty one has in, in store for us, but we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, Positive we are, thinking. Definitely, we are back to discuss. Episode six, good versus evil. We're back from the the midseason hiatus, the catch up period. Um, much like Tariq, they had to take a little break and catch up on their work um, due to COVID and whatnot. Uh, but we did get the 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 go ahead from them that they they finished it. They wrapped up the season. Um, that was probably I want to say I saw that announcement maybe in towards the end of October. Like they had they had finished everything was completed. Um, so I was really looking forward to see if they were going to make any changes, um, so far, uh, and we can get into it, uh, when, when we get there. But one of the main things I noticed, um, not much professors in this first episode back, oh, yeah, not mad at blessing. it at all. Oh, blessing. I love it. <laughs> they, they, they had one professor scene in the appropriate place where she was teaching a class. We didn't see. Uh, the guy Jabari. Glad didn't see him, and then we saw her where she should belonged. I loved. It. She had like she had like one line for real, for real, and she caught her check and she got up out of there. Um, no disrespect to her as an actress, um, but the writers really ruined those characters before they even took off. But we're not here to talk about them today. We talk about we're, t- we're here to talk about episode six. Um, it. What were your what were your overall thoughts before we get into the to the meat? Um, overall, I thought it was a strong episode. I I enjoyed it. Um, I think I had mm-hmm. a couple of little different uh twists, kind of like turns. Um, a big twist, well not twist, but a a little shocking scene towards the very very end of it. Um, that that kind of came out of nowhere I didn't expect. Um, and then the rest just had a a nice flow that kept me engaged in the story. Um, I think the lack of those professors really helped to spend a lot of time on the what I hope the show is going to be moving strongly moving forward. And that's a lot of Tariq, a mm-hmm. lot of the Tahada family. Um, those are two things I'm interested in. Um, I, I'm not really that interested in Tasha. I think she's a carryover from the last show that we don't need anymore. And I think I've expressed that before. Once her trial is over, whether it be she goes to jail for life or they get her off, I still think that she'd be in Natasha. I think Natori should find a new role. Uh, she could pop it from time to time and check on her son, but I don't think giving majority time to her anymore is 
important to where this show needs to go moving forward, and that's focusing on Tariq and his advancement through Stansfield, and then the, the Tahada family, and the not uh, the interesting dynamics that they all play um, with each other. You know, mother, mother, mother to her children, the brothers and sisters, and all that. I liked all that in this episode. Um, what'd you think of it? Uh, same very strong episode and honestly it wasn't until we started this episode that I realized that the professors really weren't in this episode and it also just goes to show how much they were dragging the the momentum of each episode that they were in because I was like man this episode is it's move it's well paced mm -hmm. and I, I was also just like it, I, it caught me off guard a little bit that it was just like man there's a lot of moving parts in this first episode back. And then I remembered, oh yeah, this is episode six in a 10 episode series. So yeah, it, it's time to go down the, we, we've just hit the top of the roller coaster. Now mm -hmm. it's time to get busy. Right. Um, I, I totally agree with it, with everything you said. Like um, I think, and I honestly think with the, the way things are going, even though it seems a bit fast with this episode in conjunction with the on the next episode preview we got, it almost seems like her trial is going to be wrapped up next episode. So who knows? Maybe they we know there's going to be a second season. They've already been uh, greenlit for a second season there. It's very possible Tasha rides off into the sunset, so to speak, um, within the next couple episodes. Um so we'll we'll see how that goes um but for now let's let's deal with this episode you ready to dive in let's get it man all right so we start off with oh before well i almost got i almost jumped ahead just a little bit initially what did you think of the previously on power recap that they did before the actual reveal i, I honestly didn't watch it i, I i'm really bad okay. at watching recaps of shows because I feel like just like 45 seconds that I could be like preparing my drink or getting myself together. So, <laughs> okay. Like, I, I don't I'm not mad at you. Well, what, what, was I'm something important in there? Or what did I miss? Um, they, they showed, they showed the robbery at truth that, um, they pulled to get Tariq, uh, out of their trouble. Okay. And they showed, um, two bit, um, in jail. And I was like, that's random. Like, that's super random, but obviously it pays off later on. Um, but in, so initially I'm, I'm already on tilt. Cause I'm like, they're showing stuff from, from book one. Mm -hmm. Like, so what, what's going on here? Because it looked at first I thought it was, um, what's our guy's name with the, the exquisite high top Alphonse. I, at first I thought they were showing him. I'm like, why are they showing him? He's dead. But, um, it was clearly to, to, to reintroduce the people to two bit. Right. Um, but the episode kicks off with our janky lawyers. Uh, concocting their scheme to pretty much, and this was just like, I I wouldn't be shocked if you know this happened in in the real world with lawyers uh, teaming up to to get you know for their own means their own ends, um, and they're gonna pretty much work together to handpick the perfect uh, jury. Um, so we get a little quick back and forth between. Uh, Saxon and McLean. What did you think about just that scheme in general? Yeah, um, to me, it just kind of led me to what you were saying is like, does this really happen in real life where people um, thinking that people have their best interests at heart and then they just doing whatever they want to really in their best interest and it's all behind scenes and we just don't know about it? Like, we put our trust right. in our lives in these people's hands and then they 
so much willingness, dealing and scheming. You never know who to trust in this world. Um, so that, that's what it really right. brought to me. It's like, damn, you'll take somebody money and then so quickly turn around and try to f them over. Um, which is what Davis is doing. We know Sacks ain't nothing but a piece of shit, and Sacks ain't supposed to be on Tariq's side. But Davis is being paid by Tariq. You know, they make it seem like it's daily on the on on, on the show, and he would take somebody's money just to do them dirty. That's five. Yeah, janky lawyers. Mm-hmm. So, um, the scene gives way to proud moment. Tariq was early to class. The first what? dude and everything for the first time. Just no running there. around. Right. Got him a good nice Just, rest. Right. Had his books out. Was already writing stuff and whatnot. And uh, because they were petty, all the black kids had to make <laughs> note of it. <laughs> they had to had to make note. Um, but uh, we we you know we get uh another reintroduction to um Bruce Andrea. Mm-hmm. Who um, I'm wondering if she's just going to be one of those kind of throwaway characters that just pops up from time to time or if they're going to let her kind of I don't know how they would do it, but I'm sure they could figure out something Um, if she she just sort of finds her way into the madness that is Tariq's life right now. Um, I I feel like you got like a lot of ladies already involved. But I can see her. I mean, not necessarily getting... like like a, a love interest or anything like that. Just just the, just the part, just you know, there a bit more. No, I'm saying I think she would. If if it's anything, I think that she also gonna be using the service, like almost everybody else in that school is. And maybe they can find a oh, way to like kind of tie her back into like the drug part of it. Maybe she comes to meet him. Hey, I got some stuff. Yeah, you know. But I, I I can see them doing more with her because I find, I think they find a way to kind of give her a scene or two every um, episode, if nothing else. But. Where they can go with it right now, I don't think it's this time. Maybe in season two they can do it. It's it's not it's not time to add no more characters that you're gonna give like true. significant screen time to because I feel like they got a lot of new characters this year, um, and they've been doing a good job of like sharing sharing the wealth of airtime. But at some point you got to stop adding new people and just kind of focus on the people you already true. got. This is true. Um, so the lesson for today is good versus evil, and without even really going deep into the the particular subject matter they were talking about. Um, this was a very great way to reset the tension of the show. Um, because a lot of times, you know, when, when shows go on mid high, uh, mid season hiatus and everything like that, and they take their breaks, um, not necessarily saying that you forgot about it, but obviously the tension goes away. Um, and I think this, this debate that they were having in the class uh, with all there's so much nuance in so many different directions uh, and not a bad job from uh, Tariq's actor Michael Rainey Jr. Um, as far as acting and just him reacting to what's being said and clearly reflecting on what's going on the story that we're watching mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was a really great way to rebuild the tension uh, what did you think yeah I also think it kind of touched him and he was kind of torn internally as to where he falls in this uh in this conversation, um, I, I'm pretty sure he knows as a human being in the eyes of the law, whatever, he is not doing. I wouldn't call it evil, but doing bad. You know, mm-hmm. they tell us selling drugs is bad. Um, he's he's a killer, all this type of stuff. But I think he really is in a place where he's morally conflicted as to 
what is what he's done has been justifiably good in the sense that he feels like he has done everything to in the good of other people. He feel like he um, is selling drugs to, to save his mom. He feels like he's um, killed his dad to save his family. Even though we, as the viewers, I don't think that's that's the facts. We know that's not true. But I think him, especially as an 18-year-old kid, is really morally torn as to whether he is good or bad. Um, and which way he's going to ultimately choose to go as he moves forward in his life. I think that I think he did a good job. You know, he didn't say anything of really showcasing that internal conflict on his face as an actor. Um, so I enjoyed the scene. Um, even though you don't get a lot of Tariq actually having any dialogue. What do right. you think about it? Uh, same. Like, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Um, and I like the fact that he never really gets to answer, um, which comes back up later. Uh, but I also like that that particular theme isn't dropped. Um, it's actually picked, it's scooped right back up in the next scene with our, our janky lawyers uh, going through and, and handpicking their jury. And um, they kind of linger with that one guy, I believe he's a doctor, mm -hmm. and he pretty much gives his take on the ideas of good versus evil, right versus wrong, and do the ends justify the means. Um, so I thought that that was a real good carryover. Um, on top of that, I, I also like the fact that the judge picked up on this going entirely too smoothly. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious as if to, she's going to call BS on them at some point herself or or how, how this is going to play out. Because she definitely noticed that like none of them were, were being their usual jerk selves to each other. They were actually super civil, like uncharacteristically civil to the point where she picked up on that and was like, okay... If you guys are satisfied, we can move on. But you can tell she knows something's up. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the court scene? I mean, I agree. Because, like, even as a lawyer, she would know, you know, before she was a judge, she was a lawyer. And she would know that these are not the people you would want on a jury in a case like this. People sympathetic. Like, the AUSA should never have a person that's sympathetic to a possible drug dealer on a jury for a trial about a woman that's possibly a kingpin. Uh, or queenpin, if you want to call it that. Um, so she, cause she was even like, you sure that's right? Um, when right. Sachs was like, I want this guy, the doctor guy. Um, so she definitely picked up on it. Uh, you know, I like that she ultimately stayed out of it because it's not really her concern um, as a right. judge. That's that's their job. And if they choose to get along for now, then she should just encourage it and, you know, accept what they're doing. But I like how they didn't just let it fly by when a judge wasn't like, at least raising her eye, like, this don't make sense to her. Um, but if they get along, so be it. Let's keep this thing as moving as quickly as possible. Um, so I like the attention to detail they gave. Yeah, we also get a quick little scene that Paula has also picked up on this. Um, and, you know, she's a bit more uh, bigger picture than Davis, who's more about just get the W. Um, so, you know, she's picked up on it like, yo, this is this is suspect. Right. You know, the. And she also picked up on him dismissing like the big victory for a victory. Uh, so she's like, yo, this is this is super suspect. But, you know, he he, he waves her off. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the same thing happened with Mark and um, the DNC and. Yep. And USA. He was like, you know, this is going to lead to a semester. Right. They were yeah. like, this don't seem this seem fishy. Um, but, you know, both Davis and Sachs were able to assure them that this was in the best interest of what both parties want ultimately.
And for Davis, he just went the W. And to him, a mistrial, getting his client off in any kind of way is a W. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sachs has made it known, uh, even though I think his evidence for Tariq is super weak, because most right now he got is a video of a guy, you know, drunk, clearly drunk, talking to his dead father's grave. Not really even saying I murdered you. He just was talking about I did what I had to do. So right. I don't know what th- that irritated me a little bit in the fact that Sachs is so quick to say I want Tariq when he has very little evidence to actually convict Tariq. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll yeah. pull some type of rabbit out their hat. And uh, you also have to remember that, like, grand schemes, Sachs doesn't want Tariq. He wants to do whatever he can to to help the DNC so they can get off his back. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Tariq is the scapegoat because if Tariq ends up being, you know, the young mastermind murder machine to it and and he killed his own father, uh Ghost still dies in the eyes of, you know, the the political eye of uh, a good guy, even mm-hmm. though, you know, we all know he wasn't. And that's that's their their end game. Right. Um this, of course, gives way to uh, the return of Francis Johnson, <laughs> two-bit, uh, and his permanent scowl behind bars. What did you think of this scene and the shady dealings and McLean <laughs> uh, turning off his code switch button? Right. He just kept saying, nigga, do this. Nigga, do that. I was like, what is wrong with this, man? <laughs> Uh, you know, two bit is always like an underrated character. You know, I miss Spanky because we can't get them together no more. Right. Um, but I always miss. I always like those two in their interactions. And two bit was always, you know, an underrated character. Um, and I was wondering if they were gonna find a way to get him back into it. Um, and then you know we'll talk about it towards the end of the episode what he his ultimate fate is. Yeah. But I think that's gonna lead to, um, a, a future Things. not in this one. Yeah. But a, a, maybe some of the other yeah. spinoffs. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Like I said, I like anything with him. I like how he still was like, man, F y'all. I don't need nothing from y'all. I don't trust y'all. Uh, you know, because cause cops and, and attorneys haven't done anything good for anybody in this series. I take that back. No. Proctor. Proctor was, Proctor for the most part was a pretty stand-up guy. And I think he caught a raw deal in the yeah. end. Um, Definitely. You know, for being a janky lawyer, because he was a janky lawyer too. Um, but I think he always, for the most part, at least had his client's best interest is heart um, at heart what you don't see in the attorney system on the show now but yeah I, I enjoyed it I like 2-Bit 2-Bit is always fun yeah um, to echo that like pretty much everything you said and uh, yeah Blanca is oh, currently mm-hmm. not a cop yeah um, suspended so suspended because she tried to swing hard back at a at Saks, rightfully so, and uh, ended up getting herself screwed over. Um, but you know, she's she's not at all. She's not um, innocent in her own, you know, on her own accord because she definitely right. did some some shady stuff on her own. She, you know, she doesn't cover tracks well enough. Um, but yeah, I thought it was hilarious that Davis was just you know, he was pretty much in the in the outfit he entered the episode with when he walked into Sax's office. Like he was he was off the clock Davis. Mm-hmm. Um because I was like, dude, like calm down. But then again I was like the the bailiffs and the the, the guards they probably heard heard everything at this point. Um so from there it's trouble brewing at the Tejada house. Oh boy. Just 
just kids and and moms beefing. Um, Kane loading loading the gun at the at the at the dinner table at three in the afternoon. It it was a little little extra, uh, but we get we get Drew and and Diana uh, being rounded up because it's time to go. Um, Kane all ever ready, wanting to know if there's you know anything he could do. And this just further echoed how much these two, Drew and Diana, are not about this. They're resisting at every turn, and she's doing everything she can to break them. And it ain't working. Like, she, this is before she takes them where she ends up taking them. But, like, they're super standoffish. Um, we also get the, the hint, even though it doesn't happen, that... Uh, Diana messed with uh with Tariq, even though uh, Drew was super messy for for laughing that off and making it look like that's what it was. How did you feel about the scene and 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 Kane pressing them out? Uh yeah, I mean, so like I said, I always thought Monet. I mean, my note that Monet is like the mother of the year uh, because she wanted to force her two youngest kids into like drug, like spending the whole afternoon just doing drug stuff, bagging drugs and and counting drug money. And it's like, you know, why won't she let these kids just be kids? Like, I get it that she, you know, want to keep her family, like, secure and keep them on top. And this is how they make their money or whatever. But for her to have, outside of Zeke, she does not care about anybody in her family doing anything of anything that could be possibly uh, considered, you know, I'm, I'm using finger quotes, right. You know, uh-huh. her, she, she knows her youngest daughter wants to um, go to college. She just won't let her do it. Uh, she know her middle son got like a interest in arts and the things like that, but she won't let them do anything that they want to do or just be kids. You know, mm. they, they still haven't established how old they are, but I'm assuming they all around, you know, at the most, I'm thinking Diane, probably Diana, probably the youngest. And I think she's Tariq age. She about 18. Drew can't right. be more than about 20, but she has no intention of just letting them kind of learn and grow and be kids and just do the dumb stuff kids can do. She wants them to be so serious about this family business um, that is just taken away from their ability to do just knucklehead stuff, and then they, of course, ultimately all and just do, end up doing the knucklehead stuff because they have no independence to kind of just have a life and just be young and have fun. Um, so I like that. I, I wasn't crazy about the the, the cane getting upset, um, and that kind of just led to this thing where um, he jumped straight to that she got to be fucking somebody, and then ultimately, just because she a woman, that's a bad thing. Like, let's say she was. Why can't she explore a relationship with somebody her own age? It's not like she was with some 45-year-old man or something like that. So it, every time I see that I on any type of TV show, it irritates me when they don't let women just, you know, explore relationships, relationships whether it be sexual or whatever it is, without it being some big deal or some issue that an older brother or some man got to protect them from something. That that just makes me mad. But go ahead. You was about to say something, my man. I, I get what you're saying, but I didn't get that feeling from his outburst. Uh, um, I think it. I think it was, you know, the older sibling looking out in general. But like, I think a, another part of it is he knows that Tariq has a lot more going on than he lets on. Like, I think he's trying to protect her. I that what I got from it was like, look, one, we're in business with this kid for one. Um, and two, like, we don't know this kid well enough. You know what I'm saying? Like he could, he could bring us down. Like we don't, 
we don't know much about this kid. So it's like, I don't think he would have, like, I think if it was anybody else, for real, for real, because even the way Drew acted when they were talking about just, you know, her, the possibility of her having sex with him, it's like, I think they was like, you know, you do your thing, but I just think he doesn't want her messing with Tariq, you know, explicitly, specifically, which in this particular, you know, set of circumstances, I get it because, you know, that that's that's business. Um, and since Tariq has showed up, Drew and Diana, granted, they they just want to be regular kids, which, you know, they I've, I I totally root for that. And on their end, since Tariq showed up, they've both been acting out of line. So what's what's the norm in their family? So it's like I think because even before things have, you know, hit the fan at the end, he's still in line with Monet. Like he even says, like, she's right to be mad. Like she's right. Y'all been wilding out since he showed up. So that that's kind of where I, I got from that. Um, but we might as well piggyback that into where they where they end up initially. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up in the trap. Uh, Diana's got to got to count the money. Uh, Drew's got to bag up product. Um, she tells him, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to start ground level and I'll be back. But then does the weirdest thing, not even from a parent, but just from a TV standpoint, she demands they give her their phone, but then she leaves them leaves both phones like within arm's length for I I guess that's supposed to tempt them granted you know it pays off but it still seemed like a, a weird choice it's like give me your phones I'm going to place them on this counter five yeah. feet from you you know I if she'd have taken the phones and like locked them up or hid them and then he went and you know found his phone it, it would have weighed more for me but um what did you think about her uh, um again uh her her bid for mother of the year uh like i say it's it's nuts to because even at the top they shouldn't really be touching like drugs or more money any well they can touch money but they shouldn't really be handling product directly anyway if she really want to keep them protected from um possible conviction or whatever maybe and they may think this shit is just so secure it don't really matter um and i think as far as the um taking their phones from them will put them in plain sight that's just uh, an authority, uh, like an an authority test, uh, like mm-hmm. yeah, because she could have clearly just took the phones with her wherever she went. She could have said, "Give me your phones," and then just left. But I think she was trying to showcase her pimp hand is strong that I can take your phone from you and sit it right in front of your eyes, and you just bet not touch it, which was what she wanted to happen. And of course, we know like any kid it half worked. <laughs> even that it, it took three buzzes for one of them to hop yeah. up and go look at the phone um, so we knew that wasn't going to be a long term solution but I think that was the point that she was trying to convey is like I'm so much of a G or in charge of y'all I can taunt you right in front of your face with this thing and you bet not touch it and you know of course we know that they they not as afraid as their mom um, as she would like them as to she be. Thinks, yeah, yeah, not anymore, at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely not anymore. And, that, and that's also a part of maybe them growing up. You know, when we were, when we're yeah. little, any of us, um, we have a certain level. Of, and I'm not gonna say we lose respect for our parents, but um, a kind of a combination of fear, especially in like a black community. And I shouldn't say all uh, the. I shouldn't say the majority, but 
the black community I know. I'm not gonna say all. I don't know what everybody's life was, but in, in, in the one I grew up in, there's a certain level of fear that you have for your parents because you know, um, I'm not gonna say they abuse you, but they, you know, they they put you in check in a certain type of way. And I think as we grow older, we as human beings ultimately always keep checking the boundaries as to how far we can go without crossing lines. Um, and I think that at a certain level, we get to a point where there is no more boundaries. Uh, we become adults and then we don't live by the rules of our parents anymore. And I think Monet right. is quick, is slowing, is being slow to understand that all her kids are adults. They may be young adults, but they all are adults. And it's, it's going to be harder for her to keep them in line through just like Im- intimidation or keeping things from them. Um, so we'll, I think that's going to be a big part as we uh, move forward um, throughout the rest of the series and maybe in the future series. As to how much control she can have over her children as they seek their independence and they also just become more and more adult. That's a good synopsis. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the process of those two uh, scenes happening, uh, we get a quick scene where um, quick little messy scene where uh, Tariq stops by Lauren's room. Oh, I got to uh, I got to I got to remember that as Blondie. I got to remember that girl's name. <laughs> That's terrible. It's Lauren, man. Lauren, Lauren. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we were reminded that Lauren still has a whole boyfriend and um, is borderline courting Tariq at this point uh, equally as almost as much as he's courting her, knowing she has a whole boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was it Malcolm. Uh, he pops back up, pops up in the, at the dorm. Mm hmm. Calls him Jamal again, but at the same time, Tariq was messy for like clearing his throat and making the big exit, right? And uh, you know, playing it, playing it cool. I'm like, all right, we're gonna see how this goes. At at some point, Tariq's got to throw the hands with somebody. Somebody. He just can't um, get past a, a door knock either. He was about to get a kiss again, and then of course we got that knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. You better name. Gone. His name is Malcolm. That's the dude's name. I think so. All right, I'm I'm believe you because I don't even remember. Yeah, um, but I remember he called him. What do you call him, Jamal? Yeah, that was fun. Jamal. Jamal. Yeah. Okay. He's like Jamal, right? I was like, dang. He's like, never Jamal. learned that man's name. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just called him. Called him, called him Jamal for no reason at the dinner. <laughs> right. Right. He just assumed he was some high school kid. Although te- technically, he should be a high school kid. I mean, I guess uh, he finally turned yeah, eighteen. We've. So he could, yeah, we, could be in college. We, we've had that rant. We've had that rant. Um, but yeah, Lauren, Lauren is, is playing a dangerous game. Like you need to go in there and cut your boy, because you, you're clearly done with him. Um, I mean, I get it. You 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 exercising your options, but um, one of the one one something's gonna give. Like either she gonna dump him or he gonna dump her. Um, but yeah, she kind of in too deep. Speaking yeah. in too deep, Riley. Uh, she all she, in love now. Uh, yeah. Which I, I don't even know what to make of that. But like, we we do get a funny scene between her and um, what do they be calling them? Nancy. Uncle Nancy. Uncle mm-hmm. Nancy. Uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> Riley's in too deep. Like he he kept it. He told her to keep it simple. But you know it's that whole puppy love thing and she didn't seen him do some dangerous stuff and 
he's showing her attention and everything. And what did you think of that that exchange? Uh, right. That he pretty much wants her to stay clear because it's it's about to go down. Right. I'm still trying to figure out how old this girl is because she's not college age. But he sent her to hang out at college. It's very confusing. Um, I mean, I'm not imagining because I, I mean, I'm not surprised that she's in love when she's probably 16 years old. Um, and she's, you know, I guess is an older man. Uh, she saw him fighting and brawling. So it's a little bit of, uh, uh, especially from like a super privileged lifestyle. Just the fact, mm-hmm. even though he just as privileged as her in the story, but she thinks he might got a little edge to him. Um, you know, so it, it's just dumb for Sax to send her in to begin with. And then now be concerned about her feelings um, when he knows that, well, his plan is to arrest Tariq. And then that may lead to some fallout to other people within his community. Um, so I, I like that he's looking out for his niece in a sense, um, but he kind of put her in the situation. So it's kind of stupid. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a quick scene. I like their little interactions. I still find that um, what's her name? Riley is a little annoying. And I don't know if that's, that means she's doing a mm-hmm. good job at her job or she's just annoying. Um, I haven't figured that part out just yet, but I, I like the little quick interaction between her and her uncle. Um, what do you think of it? I thought it was I thought it was fun, nice way to kind of cut the tension, um, and also uh, <laughs> dull your senses before things get really tense in the next scene, mm-hmm. where uh, wingman of the year here, right hand man of the year here, Braden. Um, I gl- I'm glad we we got that resolved quickly with the missing product. Um, he confronts him immediately, which I'm I'm glad that they didn't they didn't like l- let that linger. Um, and he tells him like, yo, like you, you really just took a whole bunch of stuff and we get, and I don't know who this actor is, but whoever's playing the older brother, they, they casted a perfect dude to be like the, the epitome of just douchey white privilege. Cause just his face is just so punchable and his delivery is just like, Oh God, like you, you're the worst kind of privileged white boy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad because he got everything he had coming coming to him in this episode, uh, one scene at a time, uh, by being introduced to Kane. And this is where things go go left hard. Um, I I was I was I was proud of Braden for doing right and confronting his brother. But he messed up when he let Kane know he was involved. He should have just played it off like Tariq's my roommate. I don't know where he is. He, you know, he's in class or whatever. But when he dropped his name and the fact that they were quote unquote partners, not knowing just how crazy Kane is, even though Tariq kind of warned him, it, it, he, he dug himself in deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this scene um, just as a whole? Yeah, I think the fact that he was running his mouth shows that um, as, as good as he has been as a, as a sidekick to Tariq, he's still not ready for this this life. Because he didn't know Kane from first time ever meeting him. Don't know what Kane is there for. Don't know what Kane is about. And for him to let so much information out so easily, um, it kind of made me look at him. Any little respect I gave him last season, well, not last season, but in the early, in the first five episodes, when I thought he was like, maybe this ain't that bad idea to have him as his partner, 
made me go right back to the fact that if pressure really come, I don't know if he made to stand up to it. And I think he will be a weak link at some point because he was quick. I mean, he had verbal diarrhea. He was saying everything. Hey, Kane, I'm your partner. Uh, And in front of a third party, because that's his brother in real life. And but his brother's not a part of none of this stuff. So he shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't have been so loose with the information um, about who this person is. If he thought it was his partner in front of a third party. So I'm a little bit nervous about, you know, what Braden is made for long term um, based on his reaction to Kane um, or Kane's introduction to him. What do you think? about? I mean, I, I, I feel you. I still think he kept himself cool under pressure, even though he he realized he messed up. Um, but as we see later, he he came up in a big way. Um, he he kind of and you know we'll get into the details later, but I think he proved that he can. I think he can be he can be cool under pressure when it calls for it. Um, I think this was his his learning moment of yeah I got to shut up every now and then. Um, I think he learned that today <laughs> on this mm-hmm. this particular. You know, think about it. This episode spans about an uh, an afternoon into an evening. This one episode, yeah, they all had a rough one. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll get to the details of that when we get to it. Um, but, and, and it, it also showed Braden thinking on the fly, he, he tossed the phones well enough to knock all the chess pieces off, which I was like, good job. Cause I was wondering when the bat signal was going to come into play. Um, I didn't expect it to be, to come in this, this early, but I'm also glad that he, he was smart enough to do it. Um, but yeah, that that gives way to an overarching, epi- you know, part of the scene, um, which is pretty much Tariq finding the bat signal turned on. Um, of course, he comes across Riley first. Um, we'll, we'll get to there. We'll, we'll cover their back and forth as a whole later. Uh, but we <laughs> we see where uh, where their nice little ride takes them. Uh, this man Kane really put these dudes on the stroll. <laughs> put these dudes on two corners, two white boys mm-hmm. on the corner. And uh, even as funny as this was, we also see Braden just braving up and just being like, "Look, this is the this is what our scenario, our situation is at this moment. We don't have many options. He's either do what he says or die. Do what he says." Like, just do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he even kept his cool talking to uh talking to Kane, um, which it's just like I, I get what you're saying that he definitely dropped the ball when he when he ran his mouth. I I still I didn't lose that much respect for him. I, I that him run him blabbing that was more so his character. Like that made more sense to me. Um, while I would have been proud if he'd have kept his mouth shut, that wouldn't have been too realistic to me he played it too cool um but yeah what did you think of kane's plan to just (laughs) drop these dudes in the middle of nowhere with product and tell them to go push uh i I think um player it it was okay plan in the sense that i think he thought mo was gonna be like uh what happened to the second kid not the first kid uh Mm -hmm. meaning trace uh but when they actually show it and play out over over the scene, I think they just made it a little bit too easy for Braden, in my opinion. Like, he literally had no struggle at all doing this. And, 
I mean, I know we got to suspend our disbelief when we watch a TV show and they want us to kind of like this kid, but it was just too unrealistic to me that some random white kid just walks up and just starts smoking weed with people and then say, hey, I got some product. And then three black guys just say, okay, we'll help you sell it or we'll call a bunch of people. Don't know this kid from Adam. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Unless these just like the dumbest people on earth, they're not just going to welcome some random stranger and start getting high with them. Let them sell a bunch of weed on their corner when they don't know him from anywhere. Um, so that part, it, it kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm like, this is just not realistic. Um, and, 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 but in the alternative, the trace thing, I really believe that. And I'm not saying that every time some white dudes in the hood, they get beat up by a bunch of black people because that's not the, the facts. But in a similar situation, I think it is more, way more likely that the trace thing happens than the Braden so easily moves a bunch of weight in the middle of the hood with no problem at all. Because he ultimately had no issue selling product, meeting friends, and just leaving after making a bag full of money. They just let him say, okay, hey, buddy. Not, all right. He was like, I got a roll. And they was like, all right, bye, buddy. Like, it made so sense. Yeah. To me, it was just not real. They didn't try to rob him. They didn't talk bad about him. They didn't even say, I was, other than say, hey, cop. I think they called him a cop at the very, very beginning. And he, yeah. he was like, he brought us some weed, and they was like, oh, we got a cop. So it was just a little bit unrealistic to me. I would have preferred if he would at least had some, not say he should have got the exact same treatment as Trace, but if he had some strife before he mm-hmm. just so smoothly moved the drugs, maybe it would be more, a little bit more realistic. Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest, like, up until he leaves with Kane, the whole time, I'm waiting for the double cross. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I was like, all right, like they, okay, they're they're luring him in. It's like, okay, cool. Let him push the money. It's three of you. So if you know, once he's once he's ready to cash out, yeah, you guys easily take hey, it. That's Robinson. that was my yeah. my thought process. Um, so I was cool. a little shocked to see that he just dipped out. And I'm I'm pretty sure Kane probably expected him to get robbed too. Right? They ain't he asked um, for like no percut, no nothing. Yeah. Um, but granted, we, we, we never we, we never know. Sometimes power has a tendency to do these things where they just leave us to fill in the blanks. It's possible, and this is me thinking too hard for them, it's possible he struck a deal with them um, that just we just don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Trace thing, um, I'm surprised he didn't straight up run. He probably thought he was being watched. Right. Um, I expected him to bail out the minute he got out of the car. Um, but it, it is possible that he was just like, look, you know, he didn't want to as much of a dick as he is. He didn't want to abandon his brother like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was tripping. He's like, this is diehard. It's just like diehard. I was like, oh, man, this is bad. This is this is going to be real bad. And they beat him up like he was John McClane uh, towards the end of that scene. Um, so we get a quick little scene between um, Everett and Drew and. The one thing I, I do really appreciate about this is I appreciate the 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 conflict that Everett is going through is real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, and I also like the fact that he stated, like, "Look, I'm fine with who I am." The the harsh reality is the world is not ready for that at this moment in professional basketball, and that's what he's that's his that's his dream, and it sucks that he has to he has to mute a part of who he is in order to obtain his dream because currently his dream wouldn't allow him to have both. Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm glad that he, he expressed that. 
I'm also glad that even though it's not his burden to bear, I'm glad that Drew even he said that we got to find a way to work this out um, because he he understands. He, he definitely understood like once he once he saw it, he understood that like, y- you know, he, he saw it. He saw mm-hmm. it like, yeah, mm-hmm. you are clearly cool with yourself. It's just that, yeah, the the NBA isn't going to let that happen. And, you know, I'm glad he didn't fully hold it against him. Like he had a, he had every right to be mad at him, especially for playing him out like that. But like he understood his reasoning um, because it's it's a shitty world we live in. And he's just like everybody else. He just trying to, you know, he's just trying to make his dreams come true. Right. What did you think about that quick scene? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's like that, uh, you know, we all want to live in a world where um, we are open, and then also our partners are open. But we also got to realize, um, and I think what Drew needs needs to realize that everybody experiences are not exactly the same. So it may be easy for him to be open and his family to embrace him and love him. But that's not everybody's experience. And the majority of people is they have a very negative experience. Um, so at some point you got to decide whether it's more important that they live the way you want them to live or they're happy in the way that they choose to live and whether you're willing to support that or not. And I think he kind of leaned more into he's even though he only known him for like, I guess it's like the third or fourth time even hanging out. Um, he wants to see where his future, whatever it may be even if Everett needs a little bit more time to kind of get on the same level as he is as far as it being out and open to the world. Um, so it looks like that's where it's going to go, but, you know, we'll never know. We'll see how it plays out. I think they are going to get deep into that basketball stuff, uh, especially with Zeke. I, I, I feel like they got to have more to Zeke's character. And oh, yeah. Everett um, being Zeke's teammate and being gay and also being with Drew is going to sometime tie back around and flip back into it. Um, we'll just see. I don't know how. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, so that scene gives way to uh, Monet coming back to check on her her little worker bees, um, seeing that Drew is gone, obviously. Diana immediately throws the boy under the bus. Um, that was just one of those things. I saw that, and I was like, she didn't even put up a fight. Mm-hmm. She didn't even try to cover for him. I was like, is that what siblings are like? Is that what it's like having siblings? Yes, that, like. Is. You have no alibi. I was gonna say you want to speak to that because I got a brother I'm and only sister. Child. Uh, yeah, I got both. <laughs> uh, and you would do anything you can to be not the bad guy to the whoever the disciplinary is. So if it's your mom, your dad, whatever it is, whatever you can do to get yourself out of the crosshairs, if it means throwing your brother and sister under the bus, you would do it. <laughs> you still love them. Goodness. You still want to be their friends the next day, but. In the means, in the short term, we'll do whatever we can. <laughs> it's a cold, cold world out here. Yeah, for sure. Goodness. Um, but we also get Drew making the connection. Um, there's a knock at the door. Uh, there's Tudor with a study aid. Mm-hmm. And he sees that uh, it's pills. And not just any pills, our pills. And uh, he's, he's connected the dots on how Tariq is uh, running things. Um, Diana, ever the opportunist, uh, uses this as a reason to go get Drew, obviously with her own, you know, her own motives. Um, but also I, I, I don't, again, I being an only child, like, I don't know if the having a fall guy or two would make me bold enough as she was to mouth off to her about giving her the phone back 
and how you need me more and all that stuff. I was like, eh. the fear of uh of having no no backup from me. I I never would have done it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the Drew piecing it together and that exchange before she heads off to to campus? Uh, I mean, I mean, you you figured at some point somebody was gonna figure it out. Um, how he's moving it, especially since these kids are so heavily involved in, in on the campus, even though they neither one of them go there. Um, so uh, you know, I'm glad Drew Drew figured it out, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when Drew and Diane has a discussion about uh, whether to tell Monet or not. After that, was gonna go a different way. Uh, as far as the thing, uh, I don't know. It, it's real weird on the show when it comes to how they stand up to their mom, um, because they all clearly still have some type of fear hover. But they also have just been uh, more bold when it comes to um, like actually standing up to Monet. Um, so, uh, so I'm shocked to see how far that's gonna go. And we see it goes pretty far. You know, we'll talk about it towards the end of this episode. But I want to see how it's gonna go when it comes to Diane, um, Diana, because I think she is the one that is the most still under Monet's thumb. So I'm, I'm, I want to see how far she ultimately bucks up against her mom. Um, as more as this plays out more and more. <coughs> Sorry. It's gonna be interesting to see. Um, because I, I rewatched the scene and yeah, she she goes hard with the with the sass. Um and Monet even says, just like we, we talked about earlier, um, you y'all act like my word isn't law anymore. And like you said, like they're getting older, um, and they're starting to realize, you know, what's the way to the consequence of my actions? Like, is it worth it? You know, can I, you know, get, I, get, I take this, this quick L for a bit, for a victory in my, my own favor. Um, so like you said, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, she of course comes by, picks him up. Uh, and you know, they discuss what's really happening with the tutoring service. And, uh, Drew, he, he tells her like don't tell mom like I think um, I think we shouldn't tell her because if she don't like it it could be a problem and if she does like it you know it's something quick and easy she ain't got to worry about uh, to which Diana is kind of on sibling mode where it's just like no nah, um, I'd rather get out of trouble now by giving her something I think she wants uh, so what's the deal um, so she what did you think of that quick exchange before she goes to make her stop? Uh, yeah, I, I was leaning more towards Drew's side than Diana's. I was shocked that she was so quick to want to tell her mom. Um, and like, because I didn't really see the motive or, or what she got out of telling her. Um, she do, she wasn't sent up there at that time and do anything but bring Drew back. Uh, so just adding, I think that's something that she could have held on to and say for a bigger deal down the line. But I don't think she has the mindset to think long term that she, one day she may need like a real get out of jail free car with her mom, for lack of other mm -hmm. words. And then that could have been a tool that you use down the line. You don't always throw your spades out, your high spades out quick. Sometimes you got to play some some smaller stuff. And I think she mm -hmm. may have threw something that she had some uh, vital piece of information to her mom a little too soon. What do you think about it? Uh, pretty much the same. Um. And I'll, I'll exp well, I'll, I'll, exp I'll touch on that thought once we get to her last scene of the episode um, at, at a certain point. Um, but she then goes to Tariq's room 
And I'll let you go into it first. What did you think about, and we're going to have a whole separate conversation about the chess match, but what did you think about her conversation with Tariq and that interaction and him trying to keep her out of the room and everything? I thought he was just being mad weird for no reason. Like, he Thank made you. it seem like he okay. had a chick in there. All he had, yeah. he him like, my roommate is, is girl. Uh, gone. And my roommate's girl, girl is waiting for him. Out. And I'm like, sick. I, 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 I want her to come in here so she can maybe last this lady to leave. I but. didn't understand that. That made no sense to me whatsoever. That's basically what I was waiting to, to say. Like, it, it was, he was weird for no reason. Like, just say, in fact, I think he, I think she saw her at the party and they were literally just playing chess. That's easy to prove. Um, but maybe he just thought, maybe he just thought like she going to see another girl in here and trip. Um, which I guess is possible, but at the same time, I could also see Riley vouching for him. Like, no, I'm just sitting here waiting for my boyfriend. But at the same time, Diana might be her mom's and be like, nah, you, you, you trying to play me or whatever. But it's so, also weird though. Cause at his own birthday party, he introduced her to another girl who he has had some uh, type of, even though they are small dealings with. So I don't, it was just really weird that he was not letting her into that room. Um, yeah, and don't think I could fall back on was maybe that he thought maybe she was in cahoots with Kane, and he didn't want to give her too much information if Kane was kind of sending her there to see what the situation was or how worried they were about Braden. That's the only thing I could possibly think it was that maybe because he knew Braden was gone and the family may have took him, or you know without knowing those circumstances. That's the only thing I could think of, but. For when she when she was like, "What's going on there?" He was like so desperately trying to hide something that he shouldn't really be trying to hide. I didn't understand. It was kind of very bizarre. Um, but Tariq, you know, I guess he got his reasons for doing whatever he does. But that one made no sense at all. It didn't yeah. really flow with the story. Yeah, and then it's like he he came off super shady, and then asked her to trust him. It's like, nah, good luck with that. She. And she pretty much, without saying it, told told him, "I'm gonna snitch on you. <laughs> this is happening." All right, yeah, because uh, you know she she showed him the proof, and then he did nothing to like, try to stop her from telling the mom because he acted super weird. So yeah, I'm not shocked that she did, and you know her feelings was already hurt um, from the yeah. party, um, and then the fact that he acted shady again, you know, she ain't got no reason to trust her. So that's why I'm not. That's probably what led to her decision to ultimately run back and tell Monet about the whole course correct scam, um, which Monet just said, okay, I understand. And she was thought it was smart. So it didn't really hurt anybody in the long run, at least for right now. We don't know what's going to happen um, as we move right. further down the line. So before we, we move on um, in actual order, we got to discuss the chess match. Um, I thought this was a really good a number of scenes between Riley and Tariq uh, because it, it, it reintroduced us to Tariq, the what's the word I'm looking for? The strategist uh, being very careful with his answers, uh, being very methodical um, with the obvious chess allegory. And it also showed that Riley is not a complete ditz. Um, despite what the character has been written to show us up to this point she's actually pretty intelligent um she's a lot smarter than than the character leads on um and despite being kind of klutzy with dropping phones and and mixing up drinks and stuff like that that was also a very 
very important moment as well that she she told him that his drink was was spiked and he had no idea he completely forgot which goes to show like one super messed up don't roofie people um and two i think he's gonna he's gonna go down a path of like what happened that night because he he clearly woke up the next morning in his in his suit Mm -hmm. like what in the world did i do so i think that was very important um piece of information that they kind of sprinkled in there what did you think of the chess match yeah i don't really uh i wasn't really um like getting too deep in it because i was just like I never had a roommate who had a girl that was just annoying before. Like, who wouldn't leave. <laughs> who wouldn't leave my room, like, no matter what. And that's, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. That's all I could focus on was, like, the fact that why won't she leave? And why is he doing more to get her out of his room? Like, she don't go to the school. She's not supposed to be here. And he was just, like, letting her just stay and bother him all day when it did nothing for him. Like, he couldn't go out and search for Brayden. Um, he couldn't really think of a plan to try to figure out what was going on because every time he tried to think of anything, she was in his face with some type of irritating question or irritating comment. Um, so I didn't even get deep into the thought about, you know, them scheming and the back and forth for the chess match. Um, because like I said, this girl is doing her, she, she's doing a good job of, of playing her part because she's irritating me personally and I'm not even in the story. <laughs> Hey, that's a that's a, a testament to her acting ability. Um, I I definitely had a roommate whose girlfriend was always over there, uh, but she she would leave me alone. She she you know ask like little general questions about you know how classes were going and stuff like that. But um, after that, she would just sit on his side of the room and wait for him. Um, See, I, I'm not into that. Like if your man, it didn't happen that often. Wait yeah. in the hallway. Well. Or go to the go to the go to the uh, the calf, or, or go in the study lounge. But you're not gonna be just in my room waiting for your man. He even need to be more punctual, or you need to figure out something to do until he tell you I'm two minutes away. You ain't gonna be sitting in my room thirty minutes, forty five minutes, just in my space talking or just breathing. Cause get your ass out of here. The person you here to luckily, see here, get out. Luckily, it was never too long. Um, there was one time it was way too long, but for the most part, it was like maybe 10, 15 minutes and I was boring anyway. So like, I just come in the room and like either turn on TV or supposed to be doing homework or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, yeah, she was definitely on a whole nother level. Um, all right. So cool. Uh, the, the scene at the dorm gives way to, um, our new three musketeers ride home. Uh, that's actually cut short. Um, we get Kane giving props to both of them. Um, even though trace got <laughs> left with some souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Um, he Kane actually expected worse. Um, cause it would not have shocked me if Kane actually sent them out there to die. Right. Uh, but he actually seemed a, a tad bit impressed. Um, and I'm curious as to how that would have, what would his drop-off speech had been had he made it back to campus? Like, would he have been like, you know what? Just keep your mouth shut. I'll never do this. You know, y'all have nothing to worry about. Right. Um, he might have given Braden a little more props. Uh, but flashing lights. Uh, Ramirez and uh, 
we find out th- between this and the and the scenes after it, Ramirez is pretty much Lorenzo Tejada's floor manager while he's in in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he obviously has a thing for Monet, but he's also more than anything, he's a dude that's just kind of trying to mind the shop while the boss is is out of town. Like he's he's actually about the business. Like right. he, he he's to a degree he's overstepping a little bit. But like everything he's said so far about Kane has been spot on. The dude is getting wilder and wilder with each passing day. Uh, what did you think about um, the ride home and uh, Kane's uh, talk with uh, with Ramirez? So don't, don't <laughs> take that bass out of his voice. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I agree with you saying. I think Kane was really giving him some uh, you know props for lack of better words when it came to Braden and Trace. Um, I think he had kind of a if, if he can respect people like that, a little bit of respect for them, um, especially Braden more than anything. But even Trace would take an ass whooping pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, he wasn't crying too much from getting his ass whooped. And I think he probably would have got him back, you know, probably stuck the gun in their face one more time. Like, look, y'all don't know me. Y'all don't see me again. Don't say my name again. I'll never have to come back. And just left them off their business. Um, but I do like how Ramirez is looking out for his best interest. Because like he told, you know, Kane and Monet think he worked for them, but like he told uh, Kane, I don't work for y'all. You know, you work for your father, your mom works for your father, and I work for your father, and my best interest is always going to be in the interest of what your father's uh, organization, which, you know, protects all of us. Um, so, uh, you know, I like how he kind of diffused the situation, took the white boys away to kind of keep Kane away from any long-term trouble. Because, um, like I said, if a regular cop would have pulled him over, you know, black kid, one beat up white boy in the back seat. Uh, mm-hmm. Another just you know young white looking white kid. You know, we never know how that might have turned out. Um, and I think it's good that uh, Ramirez is uh, talking tough to Kane because I think nobody has done that in a while, um, especially since his father has been in jail for the last ten years or however long. I think they said it's been. I think he said he got twenty five and he been in for ten. Um, yeah. I think Monet ends up saying that. So I think he hasn't had a person on the streets kind of being like a male figure of authority figure over him for a while. And he's kind of become, um, uncheckable. Um, so I, I, I like how Ramirez kind of, kind of brought him back to earth with their little interaction. Definitely. Um, so meanwhile, back at the Tejada house, uh, two hours have passed. Drew is back. Diana is coming in late and we get, we get a quick little, uh, a nice moment between the two of them where Monet's pretty much like, y'all are good kids. You and Drew are good kids. Mm-hmm. You've always been good kids since babies. And, and this, on top of a few other things, it this really be making me think that, that maybe Kane isn't Lorenzo's. Mm. Like, I've said it in the in in the first half of the season, but it's just something about, or or possibly that they're not hers. Drew and Diana aren't hers, and and this just could be acting choice because it the way she talked about them when they're babies at the playground and everything, it almost sounded like she didn't. I, I don't know. I just got the feeling that like she watched them as kids, but like you know they weren't really hers for real for real. Um, but 
Diana, as we predicted, snitches and um, tells her, like, this is what's going on with, uh, this is how the, the product's getting moved at school. And as predicted, Monet is like, well, why do I need to know that? As long as it's getting moved. And she even gives props that it's a smart plan. Like, if anybody at that school snitches, it comes back on them for buying in to buy for buying drugs in the first place. Right. Like it's it's practically foolproof. Um, and it's another swing and a miss for for Diana because she did it to she did it to spite Tariq, and it it only made him look better. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what did you think of that that heart to heart between them? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about your um. That's an interesting theory you have about maybe those not being her kids or. You know, maybe she just took in some other kids that uh, what's the pop's name again? Lorenzo. Lorenzo had maybe he. You know, I, I wouldn't put put this time to have, you know, creeper relationships. So maybe that's what happened. But you know, we'll see. Um, I, but I also like how she talks about they're good kids, but then she wants them to do things that are bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you, you, you admit that you had two good, nice mannered, well behaved children. But you want to turn them into a life that's not made for people of that uh, demeanor or that or that or that um, kind of um, well-being. Uh, not well-being, but you know what I mean. Like people, they, the life that she wanted to live is not for good, nice people. So it's weird that she was praising them for such a thing when she's trying to turn them into the opposite of that. Super weird. Mm-hmm. But um, Braden returns back to the Batcave. And is immediately ambushed with uh, a, a a night a night visit a sleepover, but with brunch in the morning. Right. Um, what two miles? And we, yeah, we get a. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I guess it may have been rushed for time. I feel like this conversation between the two of them should have been quicker, but he kind of glosses over the fact that Kane practically kidnapped them, and he just goes on this adventure. Uh, storytelling of how he 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 was out on the corner and he gets this he I was like okay he's he's got that Tommy look in his eye that you know he can he can take over the world you know Mm -hmm. I'm a scrappy young white boy and I, I can nothing can stop me and it was it was interesting but like I felt like they should have at least discussed a little bit more of what happened like the fact that you know you almost got killed you and your brother almost got killed and y'all were out in the hood pushing pills and everything yeah and i think they Uh, will i think they just didn't have the time i think like i said it was a press for time uh the girl was already worried about all day she already told him that he better hurry up and come on so i don't think that he he just gave him kind of the cliff notes version of the night um but you definitely saw that he definitely got a high like a high off of yeah you know living that street life or being out there running packs and stuff um, so I want to see what that's going to ultimately lead to. Does Brayden get too high and, and think he can fly? You know, he pull an Icarus. Well, he think, oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I was great out there tonight. And he stopped being overly. Um, overly confident. Overly confident or overly adventurous when it comes to how they're moving their product. Where he's like, I don't want to hide behind no app anymore. I like touching it. I like moving it with my own hands. And then that kind of puts us put them in jeopardy um, down the line. So I want to see how that's going to play out. That's a very interesting theory. Um, who knows? He he's gotten he at least he has gotten in good with Kane. Um, so 
who knows? Uh, we thought that Braden was going to be Tariq's Tommy. He might mess around and be Kane's Tommy. Uh, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, so this goes to another scene of uh, Tariq just not being that afraid of the Tejada family, Monet specifically, um, because he really talked to her like they were, I mean, to a degree, they are equal business partners, but he talked to their to her like they were the same age. Right. Uh, you know, like you sent Kane to pick up my boys. She's like, I didn't do that. Um, she's like, I also know about course correct. Like, yeah, I knew she would. Um, but I don't like when she said I didn't do that. He was like, yeah, I, I don't know whether I should believe that or not. But um, he the, it was interesting. It was quick. But he was like, yeah, I knew she was going to tell you. You want me to explain how we do it? And she was like, nope. The less I know, the better. I already know way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she even told her, like, Kane could have got somebody killed. Right. Um, and that call ends with Mar- Ramirez saying, like, yep, I told you. Kane is, is off the leash. And he's doing a lot. And I found it interesting that he asked to be let off the leash. So I'm wondering what off the leash Ramirez looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he's just going to be another disappointment that gets shot in the face randomly because Kane is crazier. Uh, what did you think of, of that? I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, I, I, it was a quick scene. Um, and, you know, it might have some consequences down the line, like bigger than the in the same moment. So I'm interested to see where they ultimately go. Um, but everybody's pretty much trying to warn Monet that, you know, Kane is a little bit off the hinge and she needs to do something to roll him back in. But I'll, but you know, at this point, we don't know if she has the authority or at least in his eyes to do it anymore. Um, but I think after, well, actually I think what happens in towards the last scenes going to show that she doesn't at all. So, you know, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Ramirez also makes note that like, look, you keep trying to play me like I don't I don't like keep him and you out of trouble. He said next time he gets into something, don't call me. Like, right. you got it. So we'll we'll see if he actually stands on that uh next go around. Um so we are now at uh Tasha's uh trial and we are speaking with Francis Johnson. Um, an alleged member of the ghost crew. What did you think of uh, two bit and his, uh, his, his law and order uh, lingo? Because he, he been, he clearly been practicing. What did you think of that whole exchange and how he, he pretty much did what they told him to do. He said what he needed to say to not get Tasha thrown out, but also up and up in the uh, uphold the part of his bargain. What did you think about that? Right. I mean, uh, first of all, of course, you like the fact that he got op- got one over on Saks, because Saks is like, you know, you, you, you promise certain things, or our deal doesn't doesn't take effect. And he knew immediately. No, our deal was that as long as I show up here today, and I answer your questions, then I'm free to go. Um, so I like how he knew the law. Of course, Davis told him this, and Davis kind of schooled him on it. Um, so I like that he was on top of his game. Um, I like how he, he gave some information, but didn't turn himself into any type of snitch, so he couldn't kind of go back home and be free again. Um, and then I also like how he kind of uh, didn't didn't you know set anybody up. He cleared Tasha. He said the truth about her is that he never worked with her. He ain't got no billings dealing with her. 
He denied knowing Tommy Egan or whoever Tommy Egan was. Um, I like how he also threw the fact that no white boy would be running no drug in organization in uh, in Queens. Queens without him knowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the fact that he just said, he, oh, I got set up. I was just going for a job interview. I'm just like a regular hardworking guy just looking for employment and I got busted at the warehouse because they set me up. I thought that was all <laughs> hilarious too. Uh, yeah. So I like this scene. It was yeah. a fun scene. Uh, like I said, anything that gives two bit, uh, a little bit of comic relief to work with, I, I like it. Um, he not as naturally as funny as Spanky, but he still get his moments. So I, I, I like two bit. I like any two bit scene, and I, I'm really curious to see what they're gonna do with him moving forward. He everything you said, but he also in the process he he sowed the seeds to nail Tariq as a person of interest because the moment she, um, the moment the moment he says his name for the first time, uh. Tasha picks up on it. Like, how does he know Tariq? Mm-hmm. And Davis, all like, starts asking questions that also kind of bring up Tariq a bit more. Um, and this was this this also kind of falls back on what Tasha was saying when she talked to Tariq earlier that like she didn't want him at the trial, uh, just for for this. And it, it, I don't think she fully knew, but I also think she she was she was suspicious that something was up. Um, and it's at the end of her line, his line of questioning that she's definitely on to whatever they're trying to do. Um, she definitely pick, picked it up. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, we also get the, you know, two-bit guy to have his little hood moment. And he's like, as far as I know, I never met her. As far as I know, she's just the wife of that dead lieutenant governor nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, your honor. <laughs> James St. Patrick. Um so we things have officially hit the fan at the Tejada house. You want you want to take this scene? No, go ahead. You got it. Uh, Kane has returned home after a night of debauchery and kidnapping, minor kidnapping, and um, she's Monet is pretty much trying to lay down the law. Like, look, you out of line. But also, Kane has his points that, like, things have changed since Tariq came in. You're also, like, kind of going off script here. Um, and things get tense. Uh, the kid, the, the other two slink downstairs. And right. while they're trying to calm things down, uh, Kane, just out of reaction, just kind of, he just clears his surroundings, knocking down Monet in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the explosion? Um, I mean, I'm shocked that it, got, it went that far. Um, like I said, Monet, of course, is you know, one of the biggest tempers on the show. She always yelling at somebody. Um, and then Kane, of course, we know he got a temper as well. So I, I knew that they was going to get some type of shot room match. Um, I didn't think it was going to turn into um, what it ultimately turned over to. And, of course, it was an accident. He didn't mean to knock his mom down. Um, but the fact that he did, and he didn't seem that apologetic about it. Um, was a big factor to me. He seemed like he was just still so caught up in the heat of it all that his mom getting knocked down was just like okay, a byproduct that. Oh no, he 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 does reach up to help her up. Like he he reaches he reaches to help her up immediately, like when he realizes what he's done. But okay. she smacks his hand away and okay, then he dips okay. out. Um, because I I thought that you know I I did pick up. I thought that was a good touch that. He did show he showed remorse like he you know, he's not the, the type that's going to show it a lot in his face, but he does 
immediately offer to pick her up. And, you know, she, she does the hand smack. Um, but go on, go on. My bad. I, I no, no, that's all good. Cause no, nah, cause I, maybe I'm misremembering that. Cause I thought he just stormed out of the house. Um, uh, maybe, and maybe that's what I'm remembering, forgetting the part where she, he tried to help her up and he was mad because she didn't accept his hand. Yeah. That's why he stormed out. Um, but yeah, it, it all I happens mean, pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was just shocked at it. Um, I didn't think they was going to bring that up so soon. I did think one at point at some point, and I think it still may happen that it's going to be more than just an accidental knockdown. I can see one of them pulling a gun on the other. And I think it may ultimately yeah. be Monet um, because Candace just acted so wild that she even have to shoot him. And I don't think she's going to kill him, but I think she might like wound him or something later down the line. Um, so we all, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes or with it, if this family can go about to just being this um, lovey-dovey family, especially what happens in the scene that's coming up next. Um, if you yeah. want to get into that. Um, yeah, so that scene goes to goes way to well, in the in in his rant, he's talking about how even though she says like as long as you live in my house, you're gonna do what I say, and he he lets off with the this is dad's house. Everything we have is because of him, and if he won't out, he none of this. If he was out, none of this would be happening, and that's where she gives the scene that you talked the the line you talked about earlier that um he served ten of twenty five years right. Um, which is most of their their adolescence for real for real um so that scene like i said gives away to him going to the to the jail to uh uh to to plead his case that like things are wild out there and we see we also not only we remind of just how scary this dude lorenzo is but just how true he is to hierarchy and order um and terrifying because he initially didn't seem that angry with Kane um, initially. Uh, but also, like, look, like, it'll be your turn eventually. So just watch her learn how she does what she does, uh, which we don't see a lot of. I, I hope we get more of that. Like, we see her bickering with her kids most of this. Like, I, I kind of want to see her in that 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 kingpin role, that queenpin role where mm-hmm. she's running things. Um but we, you know, we see Kane just listening to his father, like, you know, I'm he, he, you know, without saying it, he does express like remorse for his actions and just like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get back in line. Uh, but there's still one more lesson that has to be learned before he heads out, and uh, I'll let you take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, and I think the lesson was was well played because they go from him, uh, you know, doing all the complaining. His father give him a sympathetic ear, like, "Hey, I know you want to be a man," um, but I knew kind of that the beating was going to come because his father his father also made it said like, I mean, made it known like, "Your mom is me. She represents me in the yeah. streets, and you wouldn't be swinging at me, right?" Like that big thing with anybody do is like, you know. At the end of the day, I'm still in charge, and you're not threatening me, or you're not challenging me in any type of way. And he make that basically known. Look, your mom is me right now. Everything she does is with my authority. And if you challenging her, that means you directly challenging me. You're not trying to challenge me. Um, so when he went, when he, you know, when his, when they patched it all up and he left, and then I saw they was paying as, as far as as far as from uh, um camera standpoint they was focusing on all those guards entering that room with him i was like oh he about to get mm-hmm. a beat down yeah. um and in it, jail yeah and i didn't know if it was gonna be his father was gonna come and throw the first punch or get a hit in um but i guess he didn't have to 
you know, he, he and it also shows the power that the man has, even though he is in the middle of yes. a 25 year sentence, how much control he has over the jail where he can get civilians or visitors beat up by guards and then come in and then mock the person to his face. And he told him basically and let it be known that, yeah, you are my son or whatever. Um, but don't touch my wife or don't ever raise your hands to my wife even in an accidental way and expect to be no consequences or that you can come up and then try to uh, lay hands on her and then whine to me about what she's doing wrong. Uh, like, I'm going to be sympathetic to you. Um, so I think that just showed the ruthlessness of of um, of Lorenzo, not to mm-hmm. question his power or his authority in any way, even if he is in jail in a place that you think that he wouldn't have the authority to touch you or make his words known or his position felt. So I, I like that twist and I like how they um I like how they shot it. I like how they made it seem like that he was sympathetic to his kid and then ultimately, yeah. you know, his pimp hand was strong at the end. Or his power yeah. was strong. He, he was wearing Air Force Ones. I was like, dang, this the the man is comfortable in there. Yeah. Like I would do nothing I would do nothing to piss that man off. The man is comfortable. Um but yeah. Everything you said, um, it it's it's terrifying how how connected this dude is, and has gotten in the ten years he's been behind bars. Like, and it's I'm interested in where does Kane go from here um, because I think it's I think there's going to be sort of a you know him trying to take down his own father, but how do you do it? <laughs> and this man is this he's protected in jail, right? Um, but from there we get, uh, Tasha letting Tariq know that like, yo, something is up. Um, he, like she, she definitely pieced together. Like there's, there's, there's fuckery afoot and you you need to be careful out there because the, the testimony definitely made me look good, but your name came up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so what did you think about that going into the final scene? I honestly don't even remember another scene after that. I swear, it are went, you serious? Something's wrong with me. I, I swear, it went straight from um, Kane getting beat up to the final mm-hmm. scene. My mind is like really trash. I guess I got a little bit of uh, <laughs> fog or something. I don't remember those other scenes with Tasha and Tariq. Yeah, she she calls him from the um the 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 phone with everlasting battery. Yeah. Um, and Tariq still thinks Davis is squeaky clean. He's like, just keep doing what he's saying. If it made you look good, we good. Um, and he said, you know, we know if I have to take the fall, it's on me. Um, but yeah. not even in my notes. My notes go straight from it's, it. Literally says, you know, pops got Kane ass beat, and then it, it talks about the last scene. It doesn't. It, yeah, I don't know. I must have spaced that. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, but yeah, I, I take your word for it. I honestly just don't remember it. I got to stop paying attention more. Uh, okay. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, good. What did you have as the last, um, the last scene? Of the, of the episode? Yeah. Two bit. Two getting out. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's end on that. Like, uh, where do you, where does two bit go from here? Still wearing ghost watch, uh, which like I don't, how does that happen? How does that happen? How does he, it's proven that it's his watch. How does he still? How does he leave the jail with it? Uh, because he got it before he went to jail, and they have no. I mean, they don't know how he got the, the watch. Like Ghost didn't report it stolen. Um, and you can't just say a person stole something. He could have. 
said Ghost gave it to him as a gift. He could have said he found it in the street. Uh, all it was was property that he had only went into jail. Like, they don't have any evidence that he stole the watch. I don't even know how um, at the trial they mentioned that it was Ghost's watch. I don't even understand how they even know that mark. Was it, like, engraved or something? Because I honestly don't know Probably. how they know it's Ghost's watch. Um, but unless they got some evidence that he stole the watch or somebody claimed the watch, I guess they had to give it back to him because it was his watch when he, he wore it in prison, I guess. And they give you back your property um, once you get out. Uh, but yeah, uh, so as far as where it goes, I, I think this could open up like multiple possible um, avenues for 2-Bit uh, moving forward. I think he could stay on this. Um, I don't know if he'll have a lot of role as far as at least the rest of the season because they, they probably already got that played out. But I could see him staying on this uh, version of Ghost and either joining, um, starting his rival, a rival gang, joining the Tejadas, him and Kay might hook up down the line as kind of business partners. Um, so he could be like an enemy or maybe even opposition. Um, I also could see him going to Tommy spinoff, hooking back up with Tommy um, out in California, wherever that series is supposed to be set, um, reorganize, you know, getting that organization back up and running. So I think it's a couple of different avenues um, for 2-Bit. I like that they haven't given up on, given up on him as a character. Um, and I think it's a couple of different chances they can do something with the guy. So I'm looking forward to see what they do, what, do with him moving forward. Because um, like I said, he's he, he been a stand-up guy. Um, I hope it's a good choice, a little comic relief. I wish his partner would could still be with him. But of course he yeah. did. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what they end up doing with 2-Bit. But I think they got, they got a couple of different things that they can work with him and, and, and see where he's going to move. What you think? What they, what you think going to happen with him? Um, I see him going. I see them going the uh, the Tommy route. They they find a way to get him out to California, like he's not on some sort of parole or something like that, um, and them just ignoring it. Um, it it's gonna be interesting. I feel like he has to show his face at least once more in this particular series, um, because I don't know if there's really any space for him on this particular show. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any really anything for him to really get into, except for uh, maybe a, a a connect point, just for something kind of low key. But like him being a major player on this show, I, I don't see it. Uh, but time will tell. Uh, and that is where the episode ends. Um, by any chance, did you see the on the next episode of Power? I did not see. Or did you did you skip over that? Okay, I, I, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It just went off. Um, I, how, I, I mean, I remember in the, I, I think I don't be sitting through the credits. Like, once it go off, I'll just be turning it that's off. That's all good. Fast. Yeah. Was anything good in it, it? It didn't give much. It doesn't give a lot. The only thing, the only thing, the main thing I took from it is that I think Tasha's trial comes to an end on the next episode. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the, the vibe it gives me. Um, so, I think we're going to make some headway with that. But as far as anything else, everything else that's kind of quickly shot in there, it's 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 up in the air. It could be it could be anything. Uh, but yeah, another great episode in the books. Yeah, pretty strong. I like. Um, yeah, very very good return from a from a break. Um, very well paced. Uh, the action was was good. Um, there was a little bit of comedy in there, and the tension. There was tension in a, in a lot of places. And we, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope they've either figured out a way to use the professors, 
um, or just go ahead and phase them out for next season. Um, we do see Carrie in the uh, the next episode. I have no idea what her what she'll be doing, uh, but it, it may just be another thing where she sets up another subject and and then exits stage left. Um, well, yeah. Any final thoughts before we get up out of here? Nah, man. I, I, like I said, I just repeat. Uh, good episode. Um, you know, ditto to everything you said. Good, good pacing. Uh, wasn't a lot of filler. They actually were advancing the storyline. Um, and actually brought some new dynamics to characters that we are getting to know, like Braden, um, like Trace. I am interested to see what's going to happen with the pills that Trace stole. Is he going to have to pay that money back? Uh, is that just considered done now? Tyreek doesn't even know that that money is missing or the pills are missing. So that's something else Brady needs to fill him in on. So, uh, you know, that's the only part that I didn't really see a full on resolution to. But the rest pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, look forward to next week. So we'll see how it goes. All right. So, um, as always, oh wait, I guess we should tell people where they can find us. Where can they find you, sir? I mean, I'm not even doing. I, I've decided I'm not doing where I can find myself anymore. You listen to the show, you don't. If you're listening to it, then you knew you found it. If you want me telling you how to find it, you ain't gonna be able to find it because you ain't here yet. But I think people know. But you tell people how to find you. <laughs> you can find me at Off the Clock Pod, O F F T H A Clock Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah. We're glad to be back. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Comment, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Uh, so, me, Triple D, and of course, my always my boy, Carlos D. We'll see y'all next time. All right. Yep.